This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Let's uh, welcome parenting commentator Joseph Dreesen. Sibling rivalry, when allowed to fester, can have a significant negative impact on the children involved and the whole family. It's easy for parents to become reactive and angry, but that probably won't solve the problem. Education consultant and parenting coach Joseph Dreesen says a more deliberate and strategic approach will restore peace to the family. Kia ora, Joseph. Welcome back. Kia ora, Catherine. Great to talk. What are we talking about with rivalry between, you know, just normal interactions that you'd be worried about if they were entirely absent and then something that yes. can become a problem. How do you define it? I I think the difference is that um, it's actually quite good for children to learn uh, how to cooperate and uh, compete and have conflict. In some ways, they learn their social skills through their siblings. But in a normal family, those are little episodes which sort of um, – interrupt a normal harmonious household but some children are becoming I I sort of get into a toxic relationship which goes on all the time and which and the standard thing for a parent to reflect on it is to say is this affecting the family a lot and is this and is this affecting the um, uh, the children themselves and so um, Uh, What you need to do is to sit down and think it is affecting and some children get into a really toxic relationships. They're completely all the time getting at each other and and, and, uh, triggering each other off and going to their parent and manipulating themselves into the other person. And, um, and, and, And the parent thinks, well, you know, why do we have this? I think when you feel like that, you should actually have a different strategy. Before we get into your suggestions, does it often end up being two particular children at each other rather than, you know, there might be three in, in the family or it might be a blended family or, you know, um, the, there may well be more. Is it often two who will fall into this kind of, you know, unrelenting? Yes, it is. It, you, you can have, you can run a family, say, for example, a blended family, which doesn't work at all. Um, and, and everybody is angry about the whole situation. And um, But I think it's different than what we're talking about here. We're talking about here, it's often actually one or two children who are just at the all the time. And there seem to be a long-standing uh, chip on the shoulder and a long history of antagonism and competition and rivalry, which builds out all the time. And... Um, like dealing with a blended family or a family where the whole relationships, all the children are, are out of control and do this kind of thing, um, the parents really need to sit down and think, what is it underlying in the in the culture of my family or what the history of it that all the children are reacting like that? Because right. all children can react quite negatively. But here we're talking about individuals, and actually often it is driven by one child. Who is actually driving it, and uh, and the way to figure that out is actually to become more observant and reflective, and to start with the latest incident. Otherwise, you'll never finish. There's so many incidents, and actually ask each child separately and finding out exactly what happened and who started it, because 
sometimes you might have a child who lashes out at another child, but actually it was started early in the morning when the other child made a comment or gave them the evil look and, and sort of, you know, they started it like that. And, and so it's interesting to actually see, is it one particular child who is driving this? And, uh, and, and it takes quite a bit of uh, detective work. And I think the best thing you can do is to sit down with the child, children and just listen to them and find out, teasing out. Instead of getting impatient and saying, I'm sick of all this record, you know, just be good. That hasn't worked. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to do this. Um, is to sit down and actually try and find out who is starting it. And most parents actually know that often one child who seems to be antagonistically and they're driving it so once so you've ascertained that's that what I think, yeah where do we go from there yes well uh, there's two the two things you've got to do is one is to actually have a think if the child who's driving it actually has somewhere in their history especially in the early childhood when they had a, a sort of a, an, ex, an experience which uh, was a little bit traumatic or there was a baby came too soon and their mum was too busy for them or um, one of the parents left and and they felt sort of when they were very young that the normal attention of the one parent they really needed wasn't there for them or it was tinged with jealousy for the baby or anger for the uh, breakup or whatever. And think about that. Uh, often it's really good to have a think, what is the history of the child? Because if it is, if you think, yeah, there might be something to it, then actually there's two fundamental strategies. And the first one is actually to pay more attention to this child and give it one-to-one. -one. In fact, that's my, my, my advice to all parents, is when two siblings are uh, at each other's throat, to give more attention to them one-to-one, -one, like helping with the dishes or, or doing going for a walk or watching a movie together with one of the children and not the other child. That's one, that's one strategy, which is actually very important because if that's what's driving it, and if you can heal that, that sort of childlike sense that you weren't there for me, uh, which is sort of nagging them, if you can heal that, then the things will become much better. But on the other hand, you also have to have a system of actually stopping this sort of bad habit of carrying this on. And that's what I would like to talk about next, unless you've got a question no. about, my, go my, uh, about the attachment thing. No, go ahead. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So... The first thing is that you, once you've done that homework, and even if you got an inkling, well, maybe, you know, maybe that was the reason, that's not going to solve it. You want to sit both children together very calmly and say, your positive expectations of family harmony. You're saying, we're a family, um, we enjoy each other's company, we want to be safe in the house, and I think your quarrels are just affecting us. And then you say, and I want this to stop. It's very important that you say I or we, meaning your father and me or, or other parent. It's important that they feel that the authority of the family stems from the parental expectations. And so but you, you, you don't do this screaming and yelling because you're just actually modeling to them how not to do it. You just say, we want this to stop. And so they all, all, all nod, you know, and especially if they feel you've been listened to and, you, and they realize that 
that there's a lot of history there and they all both children feel understood and heard that you might not agree with entirely but they feel heard and then once you say we want this to stop from now on it's very important to say from now on because they say but last year she did this and and two days ago he did that and you say we're having a new start from today and some children are quite surprised by that and so when they bring the past up you've got to got to cut that off you've got to say we're not going to talk about the past we're going to talk about from today onwards and then once you start then you say then you say now from now on if there is a quarrel between you two little people or you two children i'm going to try and find out whose fault it is you know who started it and it could just be a look or it could just be a nasty comment or it could be just something and if i can find out who did it that person will definitely get a consequence for me i'm definitely not pleased and this family definitely wants us to stop so and they're depending on the household um, but i think it's a great thing to say to the child well you just have some time out in your room or sit in your thinking chair or or do some extra chores or you won't get dessert and and some parents might think oh yeah it's not really good to give consequences like that but i propose to you that actually many children like that they think it's fair they did they may did just something wrong and it's you know it's not a harsh punishment it's just a fair kind of correction and you say that that's what's going to happen so just be careful and so the children know that from today onwards there's a new regime and that the parent will just sit down calmly do the do the job of the detective and find out the truth and then do the job of justice and meet out a consequence to the child who started it now you've got to be really careful because some children are super manipulative and they just know how to play a complex chess game where to kind of rile the other child who then lashes out and then the child gets blamed and is super pleasant and, and you know, um, you know, uh, perfectly happy child is actually the manipulator of it. And so you want to be careful about that. So that's the next step. Are you happy for me to go on, Catherine, or would you like to ask a question on that? I've got questions coming in from listeners, okay, so cool. you keep going because yeah. I know it's not yeah, – we're at the I'll, point I'll, where I'll, it's not a simple overnight transition. Yeah, so carry on. No. So the next thing is that it will inevitably start again. And then you say, okay, um, there's just a new rule, and a new rule is if you can't play together nicely, then you have to play a part. And so what happens then, then the children just have to play a part in their, in the dining room and one bedroom, etc. And they can't be in the same place together. And that's quite staggering if you say, I insist on that. Yesterday you had a row, so today you're going to play in a separate room. And, uh, and you keep on doing that. You say, no, you, you, for today, I would do a day on, day out. So if, if they're good for one day, they can play together. If they're not good for one day, they have to stay apart for the whole day and they may not play together. And you just say, this is a shared space with your family and your quarrels are, are ruining it. Now, that is a very sobering experience for children because many of them are a little bit ambivalent. They love each other, but they also hate each other. And so they think we're just going to play this game. But after a while, they realize, well, if I have to make a choice, I'd rather just be good and get on with my sibling because I actually love them and we love playing together. So that strategy, 
that strategy, you must be persistent and consistent. And that might take a number of weeks before it embeds. And if you weaken and not do that, then they'll know that you are actually not persistent and, and very consistent. And they will then go start at the very end, start at the very beginning. And so once you've done that and it's working and you have blips of not going well, but you insist that if you're nice, you can be together. If you're not nice, it's separate. And you find out who starts it and you meet a consequence to the person who starts it. And then last but not least, you spend more time with those children individually in little episodes of quality time. That is a very, very effective strategy, which most parents find will solve the problem. All right. Now, there's, there's questions, and obviously yep. a lot of this advice will pl- apply generically to them, but there's some interesting case, cases here. Yes. You have described our family. We have 12-year-old triplets who are at each other all the time. They are constantly, uh, they are constant. One-on-one with them is impossible. It's soul-destroying. What, what does she mean, one-to-one is soul-destroying? One-on-one, it says, with them is, is impossible. Okay. Yeah, maybe one on one. I'm not time. sure what that means. I, I, I think it may I mean one to talk about one triplets. I think it yeah, may mean one to one time with them is impossible. Like trying to get the one to one time with each child. Well, that that's the key. The key, triplets and triplets and um, uh, twins have an additional issue. And that is they find it hard to gain individual autonomy. They're with each other all the time. And they actually, some twins and triplets, they don't have an individual identity. They have a group identity in which they constantly check in and check out and check up with each other. And they're not like normal children who actually live by themselves and have their own thoughts and feelings and then relate to another they don't do that and the key is actually to start that so my advice to that parent is to say to those three triplets i want you to learn to play by yourself on your own without interacting just say for 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there and gradually build that up and the parent wants to have a sit down with each child without the other two children there and actually build an individual relationships because they can't be identical triplets that's a physical impossibility so there must be different children who are just living in a in a sort of kind of toxic uh, uh, community of three where they constantly um, feel angry or sad because you know the other people has different feelings so that's my answer individualize those three children and insist that they learn to play separately. That's going to take a lot of persistence to your point earlier. Another here. My Absolutely. Grands, my grandsons are three and seven. They squabble and fight all the time. The older one gets annoyed with the little one following him around and getting into what he's doing. It's becoming a real headache. Yeah, that's that's very true. And, um, and, and, and that is... Uh, what little ones do, and and the the little one hasn't got that self control and uh, and understanding. So the family has to make a rule. The grandparents have to make a rule that the older child can play by themselves without the small child following them. 
and they have to intervene and give that small child the attachment need they need and play with them so that the grandparents sit down with the child and play and if the child says i want to play with my older sibling they have to say no no they 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 are entitled to play with by themselves and do their own thing so it's the adults who have to intervene to protect the older child from the immature and the young child the three-year-old they can't help that they need guidance by the parents and and by the grandparents so grandparents become the playmate of the three-year-old in order to give the seven-year-old time by himself that's right. that's the cause of it Another one here, how to sort out an eight-year-old girl who is mean to her four-year-old brother, taking his toys and hiding him, hiding them, pinching him on his ear and other sneaky, painful ways to hurt him. I would go into the attachment issue because why would a person want to do that? And, and that's usually driven, not always, but it's usually driven by, like, how old is the girl? The, the older girl is four and the youngest one is, where the age is there or not? Oh, I beg your pardon, this is the age was there. The younger is four. The boy is four, the girl is eight. Yeah. The girl, oh, well, that's four. There was, was four years where the girl um, was was sort of parented by, by, by a full-time parent because the four-year-old wasn't there. It might be that the child became so habituated to being having that wonderful parenting that they got really angry and jealous when this baby came along and they were displaced. And that is often an underlying uh, driver. And so I would say to the child, I would advise the parent, A, to spend more time with the four-year-olds, uh, the eight-year-olds, and B, then having, once that's going, more quality time, opening up the conversation of why do, does she think why is she hurting her little child, her, her little sibling? And, and, and try and gain some possibility. Okay. Are you angry with her? Okay. One more here. But, and then, sorry, yes, one, finish, more, finish, one more. Yeah. I just want, yeah. Then, you, so you do the attachment thing. You do your understanding thing. You do your uh, cognitive development thing. And then you also put your foot down. And you say, it's absolutely unacceptable that you, in this, in this family, hurt a small child and there will be consequences from now on that's what i'll propose so start with the understanding and then Last move one. to the consequence okay one more i just want to squeeze yes. in for you because it's a slightly different it's almost like a different personality thing here i'm interested yes. in yes i have a seven-year-old who's so competitive with her nine-year-old brother from everything to what's in lunchboxes the same thing to having to be first into the car 90 percent of the sibling rivalry comes from her she's very high energy possibly high anxiety and requires almost constant supervision which is exhausting i'm very careful that she eats a well-balanced diet good sleeping patterns plenty of outdoor exercise plenty of undivided attention from me but it's never enough she's perfectly behaved at school a lovely child lots of fun very sharp but also very demanding i don't think more discipline is the way to go but i know that my parenting strategy is missing something yeah it's a very complex case i believe because she's a lovely child at school which shows that it's part of the family dynamic and it's partly that she just is either extremely needy from from the parent or she's got habituated to uh, to try and eliminate her sibling and to gain full attention from her parent. And I would I would do exactly what I said before, have do the whole thing and the parent believes that punishment or consequences is not the the way. No, it not, that's part of the strategy. But the child needs to be talked to 
talked with, understood and loved, and but also gain awareness that it's completely and utterly unacceptable to try and hurt your siblings by constantly doing this. And and then you say we're having a new start. And if and then when she does it again, you you do exactly what I said in the beginning. You you talk, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and then there's a consequence for you. And you keep that pressure up. Thank and you, Joseph. The, the love and the understanding. Thank you, Joseph. Wonderful. Joseph Dresden, parent and commentator.